1: There's Kenny Chesney, friends. So this is your time. If you are the first caller that knows the key word at six five one four six one nine two two six, you will win tickets to Kenny Chesney, along with Uncle Cracker, Megan Moroney, and the Zach Brown Band. The show is May. Let's see what day is it, David? It uh, it's May fourth. May fourth, Saturday, May fourth at U.S. Bank Stadium. Right now, if you are the first caller that knows the keyword that we gave you at 1020, then you will win those tickets. 651-461-9226. I hope you can go. Call now and, David, and we will be taking the calls. Let's see. David, are we going to do them live?
2: Uh, we sure are. Say hi, say hi to our first <laughs> caller here.
1: Who's our first caller? What's your name, love? Dan. Dan, do you know the key word? Tractor.
2: Bingo, that's it.
1: Boy, this is the easiest contest we've ever done. (laughs) Dan, you're right. Are you a big Kenny Chesney fan? Absolutely. Who are you taking to the show? Oh, it's got to be my wife. It's got to be your wife, because if she's listening, it better be your wife. Well, Dan, you are going Absolutely. to see Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown, I'm Megan Moroney, Uncle Cracker at U.S. Bank on Saturday, May 4th. Good for you. Thank you for listening, sir. Really appreciate you. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Stay on the line with David because he's going to get some information, okay? Stay on the line. I feel like a real DJ, like, doing this contest. Stay on the line with David while he gets your information. And uh, you win those tickets. That is fun. We'll be giving those away every day this week except for Thursday. Thursday is our Radiothon for, Unite, uh, for Union Gospel Mission mm-hmm. at the Mall of America.
2: That's right. So come and, out and, and visit us there. Yeah, and remember, we'll be giving away the keyword uh, during mm-hmm. our Quick Take segment just mm-hmm. after 10 o'clock every day, and then we'll uh, call for that keyword sometime later in the show
1: just like we did today. Uh, David, thank you for holding my hand through that. Good execution. Uh, So there you go. Keyword during quick takes, and then we will call for it later in the day, except Thursday. But if you want to come say hi at Mall of America, we're going to be there on Thursday because we have the Union Gospel Mission Radiothon, which we have been doing for many, many years here at WCCO Radio to help the homeless, to help people that are addicted. Uh, Union Gospel Mission is a a community that we feel strongly about here at WCCO Radio, and it is such an inspiring day of radio. We just love being there and looking forward to seeing you and raising some money for the folks to help at Union Gospel Mission that is on Thursday, so we'll be out there. So have you heard about this AI pin? It's pretty new. It was debuted at a fashion show during Fashion Week, like in Paris, a few weeks ago. It is a magnetic pin. It's a two square inch magnetic pin. It's uh, you wear on your shirt, all right? It's from a startup called Humane. And it says it's going to make our addiction to our smartphones go away. It is a wearable device that will claim, it claims to wean us off our addiction to screens. It also, by the way, answers questions like Siri, it makes calls, it sends texts, it plays music, it takes photos. I can't tell yet if it's recording and following, if it's like wearing a body cam, I have no idea, but I imagine it takes photos, it can take video as well. It will be available to pre-order on November 16th, and it's going to ship early next year. People say that it's magic Others say that it's awkward and it is a whole new level of big brother. I'm not exactly sure how it weans us off our smartphones because this is the same technology. Um, I was reading in the New York Times this morning, a woman uh, said she got a, a chance to use it. She says it's a little awkward because what you have to do is sort of like wave your hand if you can imagine I haven't gotten a chance to see one yet but it wave you wave your hand in front of it and it sort of is like a projection like very um what's that movie with with Tom Cruise uh, what's that movie with Tom Cruise, David, where he's got all the screens in front of him and he's sliding them from side to Someone tell oh, me about that you movie. You lost is. me. I don't know. And it's not The Matrix. It's like that Tom Cruise movie. I don't. Oh, uh, Minority Report. I think it's Minority Report where he's, that's kind of how it is. I think this kind of screen pops up like in front of you. And if you circle your wrist, that's a motion. If you pinch, that's another motion. So you're sort of like pantomiming to manipulate this device. I mean, it sounds a little weird, but also talking into headphones is a little weird. It looks like you're talking to yourself when you uh, are walking around talking into your headphones. So would you wear it? That was a long lead-in to ask my question. Would you wear this new AI device? They claim it pulls away from looking at your phone. You know, all the content is in this device. The light pops up. It disappears. Uh, Apparently, you don't have to, like you know whip out your phone put in your code take a look at it i don't know if it's worth it to get rid of our phones this way and i would also feel like it's like totally um following me all the time because it's on all the time i at least i think we i think we can turn our phones off i don't know about this thing but it's called um it's a pin it's from humane it's the ai pin I don't know. I I feel like, and David and I were talking about this, David, I don't mean to co-opt your suggestion, but I feel like if you wear this pin, we are replacing one vice with another. We've all known those people who have the um, smartwatch, the Apple watch, and they're, and I'm not even going to say no offense because you guys are the most annoying people ever because we're having a conversation with you and you're constantly looking at your watch. Sometimes you're tapping on it. Sometimes you're responding. But your attention is because it's vibrating on your wrist or it's alerting you to every little buzz or beep or message that you get. And we can't even talk to you anymore because you're always looking away. So stop wearing that watch. But having this on your body, I think also would be just as distracting and just as annoying. So I almost think... This would make it worse. Would yeah, you wear it, David? Well,
2: uh, uh, no, no. I'm I'm not an early adapter on things like this.
1: Yeah,
2: me neither. Uh, which some people are, and that's great. That's fine. You can try it out for the rest of us. But the idea that um someone who's addicted to their phone, we know that person, right, where it's always there, they're always looking at it, is going to then – get the next level of technology, whether that's this pin you're talking about or a phone or some Google glasses or whatever the next thing is. And then like, that's going to magically break them of their addiction to their phone. I just think that's, oh my god! I, I just think that's false because the problem is the person who's addicted to the technology. Now, if you're a person who recognizes that you maybe are getting addicted to your phone And you're looking for tools to try to sever that and separate yourself from that. Well, then, sure, maybe this would be one of the tools. And I think some people are able to do that with smartwatches. Some people Mm -hmm. who have a smartwatch. Really? uh, Yes, I do. I I think a lot aren't. But I think some people are where they go, look, I I need to be reachable by text. But I don't want the full distraction of my phone. I don't want to be tempted to scroll through Instagram. But... I'm with my kids, I'm out in the backyard, I'm at the park or whatever, and I need to be accessible. If something happens, for whatever reason in your life, plenty of need to be reachable. Okay, so sure. I'm going to use the watch as a way that I can get a buzz if needed, but it allows me to leave the phone away from my person. But it takes intentionality and it takes effort to do that. If you're just somebody who's, oh, yeah, it's the next piece of technology and it's going to cure me of all my problems, that's just that's just not going to happen. That's not how it works
1: and we just watched big vape yes as one of our um, random reviews yeah random thank you as one of our random reviews my brain's a little fried by this time of the morning uh, as one of our random reviews and the if you believe them the founders and the creators of the vape of the jewel wanted created it so people could get off cigarettes it was supposed to be a safer cigarettes uh, cigarette and it ended up being way more dangerous and way more addictive especially for young people because it was marketed that way. It was very profitable, but it addicted a whole new generation of people on vapes. And my kids tell me that people are are still vaping, even though we know it's so bad for us. And the kids should know they're still doing it. They're doing it in the bathroom at school. They're doing it all over college campuses. It's still happening. So, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Whether the intentions were not, whether or not they were to make a safer cigarette, that's not the reality. Yeah. And I wonder, again, I think that the smartphones have made things worse for people because mm. it's on your body all mm-hmm. the time mm. and very few people have to be reachable. I get it. Moms, you know, with multiple kids, maybe, but very, you aren't friends. You are not that important that you need to be reached all the time, whether it be for business or what have you. I Hell knows I certainly uh, am not. And, and especially, you know, now that my kids are grown and, you know, capable mm. humans, So I don't know, David. I just think I find this people are going to be looking at this pin, not talking to the person in front of them, not looking where they're going in front of them. I mean, this is a wearable. You put it on your sweater Mm -hmm. or your shirt. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, I mean, I think the vape analogy or comparison is apt. And I think the other thing we learned in that big vape documentary is that It seems like overwhelmingly uh, vaping has been a huge problem. However, Mm -hmm. there are some people who were addicted to cigarettes and were probably going to die from cigarettes because that's what happens when you smoke cigarettes. And then they switch to vapes Mm -hmm. and their chances of dying from lung cancer have gone dramatically down because of that. So did that technology serve a purpose and save a life? In that instance, yes. Does it mean that as an industry-wide, that it's been a positive? Certainly not. As, as you can see from, you know, any high school or middle school, you know, anywhere in the country, vaping is a massive problem. So it's tough to predict, though, if you look at this new pin that's coming out mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not, it's different than vaping because you're not like ingesting a product. But will that be an overwhelmingly positive or negative thing? I think it's really hard to predict, uh, you know, before it gets into the hands of consumers.
1: You make an excellent point, and thank you for bringing that up, because that is true. And included in the big vape documentary, there were people, most of them older people, who had been lifelong smokers, who had tried to quit multiple times, and they said mm-hmm. that the jewel yeah. has been a savior for them. Mm-hmm. So you are absolutely right. So yes, in effect, did it set out to accomplish what the fa- the founders claimed they wanted to do? Yes. For, for many people, it did help them get off cigarettes. But the collateral damage, the unintended consequences massive. of the youth, yes, was massive and, and probably didn't outweigh the benefit that it did. But if you're that one person that it helped, you are grateful for it. So, hey, there's always two sides, buddy. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, when we get back, did Adam get a deer? He doesn't know that we're going to cold call him. We're going to try to get him on the line, see if he got a deer. And what he's doing now. Next. So he's so lazy. He took Friday off and he's taking Monday off. I mean, he's left me all alone here. Me and David all alone to do this show by ourselves. And I think that he needs to contribute. So we're calling him. Lazy Adam. That's what that's going to be my Trump name for him. Lazy Adam. Get your butt back in the studio. Do some work. Leave Bambi alone, Adam. Come on, David. Do you need his number? Because I have.
2: (laughs) Yeah, can you give out his number?
1: You guys, you guys think he's going to pick up? He has no idea that we're calling. Well, that's a really long ring.
2: Yeah, why was that so long
1: there? Oh, the technology at CCO. I hope he doesn't curse when he answers. Why the bleep are you calling me? I only talk to you during work hours. I'm on vacation. You know, he's like that. He's like avoiding us. <laughs> this is riveting oh, boy, radio, is by the really way. This is riveting,
2: yeah. Hi, this is Adam Carter. I'm sorry I couldn't take your call. Leave a message after the beep. Let's want, leave
1: a message. I'll get in to
3: touch with you yeah, soon as I can. Thank you.
1: The mailbox is full and cannot
3: accept any messages <laughs> at this time. Wow. So, <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh,
2: what does that tell I you about a person? What does yeah. that tell you about a person that their mailbox is full? You think that's intentional? You think he called and left himself like 30 voicemails to make it full?
1: Absolutely not. It tells me this is a person who never listens to voicemail. And look, I I actually listen to voicemail, but I think I'm old school. It says a couple of things. Either you were, and this is not in the case of Adam, but you were too old, uh, like your grandparents, to understand how to set up your voicemail Mm. on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. So, So you don't know how to set it up nor do you know how to get the voicemail. Like even if it's just like a standard beep, you don't know how to get the voicemail. So they have just been piling up. Or you are too young, like my kids, who would never leave a voicemail or check a voicemail because they don't want to talk on the phone and they would say, why don't you just text me? just, Just send me a text if you need to get a hold of me. So they don't care about voicemail. This is this is an excellent question. Do you still leave them? Do you listen to them? David's thirty-seven. Do you?
2: I uh, uh, yes, but rarely. And David, how
1: often have you checked your voicemail at work from all of the people that are trying to get on oh, the show? Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> never. You've never checked your voicemail <laughs> know, at work how? ever.
2: But I've never even I've never <laughs> given somebody that number either. I don't know how anyone would. You would have to call the station. And asked to be transferred to me, I guess. Which, I don't no, know, maybe, no desk, maybe that so happens. There's nobody happen. there, though. I don't know. No. Yeah. I'm that's sure, I think it's beeping. I think it's flashing at my desk that I never sit and at. No doubt. So there's probably yeah, some no voicemails doubt. there, but I don't know how to check them.
1: Yeah, I rarely come to the office, so I don't check my – if you need me, send me – that's it. If you need me, send me an email, jordana.green at odyssey.com. You can find me through my website, jordanagreen.com. You can find me on Instagram. There's other ways to find us. And if your only modality is to leave a voicemail and expect a call back, you're probably never going to hear back in today's day and age. Voicemail – has voicemail really – gone by the wayside yeah. like is are, are we are we done with that as uh, is it the way of blockbuster video
2: well it's interesting because there's very specific things like my kid's school leaves me voicemails um, yes
1: mine too mm-hmm.
2: and a few mm-hmm. other things like that or like the doctor's office will leave you a voicemail that's a appointment reminder or something like that but i think my yes. friend on my mm-hmm. birthday left me a voicemail you know last mm, month that's cute. you know my buddy wished but me happy you checked birthday it. oh yeah i checked it
1: Okay, so you so check I do. voicemail on your cell.
2: On my cell, yes.
1: Okay. Does anybody <laughs> check voicemails? Do you leave voicemails? I'll tell you this. I leave voicemails for my parents. Okay. I do not leave voicemails On their for
2: landline friends. or their cell phone?
1: No, 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 their cell phones. Okay. I rarely call. They have a landline, but I rarely call their landline. If I really need to get in touch with them. But I think at this point because my, my grandparents, my parents, excuse me, my mom is uh, 78, my dad's 80. And um, say a little prayer, my mom's having a procedure mm-hmm. today. So a little prayer goes out to her. We love you, mom. Um, they, I think, realize that if they want to have a more, a more, what's the word, um, constant relationship with their grandchildren, That they need to be up on technology because my kids call my grandparents, my parents, excuse me, once a week. So my they call them on the phone, but they'll call them on their cell. I don't think my kids even know that my kid, my parents have a landline. So they call on their cell, they send them texts, they send them pictures and videos. So like if you want to keep up with your grandkids, I feel like grandparents today have to understand technology because that's how the kids communicate. And you don't you don't want to wait for your your kids to be sending their school pictures that they get once a year in the mail. Yeah. You want to have pictures of the kids. So I think grandparents today are a lot more technologically savvy than maybe even 10 years ago. But um, voicemail, is a it's a lost art. Yeah. People leave me those voice messages, which we talked about mm-hmm. on the show, and I complained about those. I find them annoying. Just send me a text. Um, but voicemail is just like the way of the dodo.
2: Yeah, and even the way you access voicemail on your phone just feels archaic. It feels like you're going into a section of your phone that is dusty and no one really goes to. And like, how do I work this again? Yes. And you go yes. check the voicemail, yes. and then you're like, okay, I want to get out of here. I don't know where I am.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm my children's voicemail is full well at least my oldest because maybe she's gotten you know calls from people she's you know 20 at this point she's gotten lots of calls but she's like i never check it i i have no idea who's ever called me she probably she doesn't have it set up um and if you leave a voicemail you will probably never hear back from a young person if you need to reach them it's best to text or i guess try to get them to pick up the phone but they rarely pick up the phone I do think this changes when they're applying for jobs when they're looking for jobs and applying for jobs it changes and they get a little more professional and old school about that because it's still older people that are hiring them <laughs> man when I, All right, we oh go go
2: ahead, ahead, go. I it. just say when I was a young adult and looking for jobs I remember like sleeping in at my parents' basement and getting a phone call that I was pretty sure was like the person calling back about the job yeah, and yeah. I'm like bolt straight up in bed and like slap myself a few times okay okay try out my voice quickly before i answer the phone good morning this is david (laughs) and i was dead asleep third you know 13 seconds ago
1: You have to get the phone voice on. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay, my next guest. I have a great story about my next guest. I'm so glad she's going to join us. I went out to dinner Friday night. I stumbled across a store I'd never been into in Northeast. Mark and I went in, started chatting with the owner, and she made such an impression on me. I said, you got to come on my show. She's like what show? What's WCCO Radio? I know because she's a young person. So, so excited to have Rosaline on the air next from Rosaline's Candles. Uh, we'll hear her story next on CCO. So Saturday night, handsome husband and I went out to dinner. We wanted to try a new place. Uh, there's a place in Northeast. I think it's called, David, you looked it up for me. It's called Frankie's, Fran, uh, what's it called?
2: Francie's, I think it is. Francie's.
1: Fran- something like that. It's a vegan burger joint. And we're vegan now. That's a whole other story for another time. But, um, we were excited. So we drove out. We, um, I used to work up in that area, and um, we were excited to try something new. Burgers were great, uh, really good atmosphere. It was really fun. We're walking back to the car. We see on the corner uh, Rosaline's Candles. And I'm like, oh, let's go in here. This looks like a really cute shop. It was open. It was almost 8 o'clock at night. It was open. <clears throat> So we walk in, we're looking around, we pick a candle, Mark buys a book, and we start chatting with the girl behind the counter. Happens to be she is Rosaline, and she is the owner. And she starts telling, I, of course, being the curious person I am, I started asking about her shop and her products and how she got started. And she has this fantastic origin story. And I say to her, "You need to come on my show." And of course, she's like, "What show? Who are you? What's WCCO Radio? What's a radio?" Because you know she's under thirty-five years old. So we all had a good cool chuckle about that. And Rosaline, who is home with her sick baby today, agreed to join us on the air and share about her store. So Rosaline Frederick, I want from Rosaline's Candles in Northeast. I want to welcome you to the show and thank you so much for j- taking the time this morning.
3: Thank you. I'm so excited.
1: Did I accurately depict our meeting, or do you remember it differently?
3: Uh, you depicted it perfectly. Um, okay. <laughs> I was And I was just, like, doing what I do with every customer, getting really excited mm-hmm. and telling them about my business. And then yes. you're, um, the person you're with was like, She's famous, and I
1: was like, "Tell me oh, more." <laughs> no, please, please, handsome husband. He may have had too many drinks at at the burger place. Um, so so Rosaline, the, and that's one of the reasons I was attracted to you because your passion about what you do and your your kindness about we were strangers, you know, about anybody that walked in. So I asked her. She she runs a candle shop. She makes these soy candles that are absolutely stunning. Now I have one uh, in the house. And, and she has a lot of other beautiful things, art, local artisans, things like that in the shop um, in, in Northeast, which is moving, by the way, to Grand Avenue in St. Paul. And I said, like, how did you start all of this? What is the story behind this? And I want you to share that uh, with our listeners today. How did you begin?
3: So I began my business on uh, a fluke, actually. I When I was uh, back in 2018, um, I was working in clinical mental health and completely always burned out. And so I burned a lot of candles. Um, and and I had been living in a home with, you know, other girls uh, straight out of college. And we were in our mid 20s to uh, early um, to late 20s. And um, sustainability was a big portion of our um, home. And we were super passionate about it. So part of my efforts to do that was saving the jars that I had used up from previous candles. And my goal was that I would make my start making my own candles. And so I started collecting these jars and in December, 2019, I took a solo trip to New York um, and stayed in New Jersey for um, a couple of days. And Airbnb had these experiences that you could do life before COVID. And I, uh, searched experiences and found a candle making class. And I was like, great, I'm going to go learn how to make candles. And then when I get home, I start making my own. And that's how the passion started there. And I kind of forgot about it until um, my husband and I became officially together and moved in together. And he was like, why are you bringing jars along with you? And <laughs> I, knew, I was like, these are my jars. I never getting rid of them. I will make candles. And so we get into all these fights about the jars. And I was like, I'm a low-waste person. I would make the candles. And so I kept researching, researching, researching. And then one day I was like, fine, I'm going to go on Amazon and buy everything I can to make candles. And I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, the research began. And it was a lot harder than I thought. And, I mean, I could go on and on. Please ask me more specific questions. (laughs) No, I
1: will. I I absolutely will. But you mentioned (laughs) to me that it became a business in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, that once George Floyd's murder happened, you reached out to your community and you said, um, let's do candle making as a way of healing and coming together.
3: Is that right? Yep, that's correct. So. I I perfected the craft of making my candles and the weekend after George Floyd was murdered, um, me, my husband, and about 10,000 people in Minneapolis were on a very peaceful march. We're, you know, downtown Minneapolis. We had walked from downtown to the university of Minnesota. And the last stop was the 35W bridge um, at the place that had collapsed about a decade before. So we're standing Mm -hmm. there waiting for the mayor. Everybody's on edge. And then a trucker comes through. Um, I don't know if you remember that. If it was, Yes. it was out, it was public, I was on that bridge, and I jumped off the bridge, and my life changed significantly after that, Um my PT, I, I started having PTSD symptoms, Um and then I couldn't really, I didn't want to leave my house, so my basement was my safe space, my home was my safe space, so I told my friends, mm-hmm. you all can go out there and be part of the movement, I will be a move, part of the movement from my home, I would like to make like, you know, 20 candles, mm-hmm. vigil candles with um, the face of Mr. Floyd and we can mm-hmm. unscented it because I didn't want anyone to remember the moment as something that was a beautiful smell um, and without my logo, which is, we found, we found a friend who did a, uh, the, the label and mm-hmm. we started just, I, the word got out and people kept coming, bringing jars, bringing supplies and we all kept making candles. And before I knew it, I turned my basement into a production facility for candles and uh, everybody was tagging me on Facebook and Instagram the george floyd candle lady and then i once once, and we ended up doing like 600 candles um and passing them out and after that when the candles were done for him and mr floyd had been buried i had a a a warehouse basically at a production facility Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i'm gonna keep making candles um and Mm -hmm. all the people who had been part of the movement who had come to my home to pick up candles to go to vigils and to go to gatherings started sharing about my story and, um, the orders started coming in. My husband had helped me with the website. Um, and mm-hmm. a friend of mine had set up my uh, Facebook and, um, and my sister helped with helping me with my logo mm-hmm. and, um, people just, it just, the word got out, you know, our communities were excited to support black owned businesses, support local businesses. And, um, the revenue was coming in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is working. What do I do? And so <laughs> that's kind of how I started. And I kind of, I'm a, like the most accidental entrepreneur that I can probably think of because my background is in clinical mental health. I love helping people. So that's what I was, feel like I was designed to do. So it felt really kind of bad and guilty to be leaving my career and people caring to now becoming um, a business owner, which I fought against for a long time. But you, what I loved about your
1: story is the combination of combining mental health because your business came out of you trying to help heal people from their trauma. And you did that with the skill of making candles. And I'll tell you this, you still do it with people that come into your store. I came into your store and it was probably 10 to 8 on a Saturday night. I'm sure you were tired. I'm sure you wanted to get home to Calvin Jr., and yet there you were taking the time with me and Mark and chatting us up. I'm sure we talked your ear off because I was so interested in you. And um, again, it- it's your energy that you're putting into the world, not only your products, but you and you're continuing to help heal. And that's why I wanted to feature you. So currently your store is on Central Avenue and Northeast at 2430 Central Avenue, but you're moving to Grand Ave. We only have about a minute left, but tell everybody where they can get Rosaline's Candles.
3: You can get Roseland's Candles at Roselandscandles.com. It's on shelf at multiple uh, co-ops in the Twin Cities, uh, Mississippi Market and Eastside Food Co-op and other places in the Twin Cities. You can also stop by my store Wednesday through Sunday um, and uh, find us online on Google, type Roseland's Place. And the Grand Avenue will be opened um, in December or mid-December. The address will be uh, 1652 Grand Avenue. I'll be next to French Meadow in Patagonia. And um, it's going to be great. We're going to keep doing candle making classes and keep having fun and being part of the community.
1: Is Calvin Jr. feeling better?
3: He is at daycare, <laughs> and I'm having a long time. <laughs> and you deserve it. Well,
1: um, Rosalind, it was so great chatting with you and meeting you, and we're going to stay in touch, and I can't wait to enjoy my candle.
3: Thank you so much, Jordana